time to go out and kick some ass and do whatever you can to inflict pain. Because <laughs> you're that good. Because you're that good. Welcome back to Caligula, everybody. Episode what, what? 14. Mm-hmm. Ray, uh, I don't know if you've ever had the urge to build a bridge. Um, uh-huh. That used to be a thing, right? People used to say, look, just build a bridge and get over it. Uh, right. I don't hear that much. I don't know. Is that still a thing no, that people still say that? Well, people don't get over things anymore, so why should that expression still be around? Everybody takes everything personally and they hold on to it forever. So that's the uh, new reality. Uh, uh, well, according to Cassius Dio, Caligula, booty, booty tang, build a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> just after that big speech, you know, the, the Senate offered him an ovation for his clemency, and he was like, you don't get to give me <laughs> ovations. I give myself Fuck ovations. You. You're fucking right. nobody. Particularly after I've just read all of the, uh, you know, yeah. letters where you condemned your colleagues and my family to Tiberius and Sianus. Um According to Dio, Gaius, however, did not care at all for that kind of triumph as he did not consider it any great achievement to drive oh, a chariot on dry land. <laughs> on the other hand, he was eager to drive his chariot through the sea, as it were, okay, by Moses. bridging the waters between Putioli and Bauli. Now, right. uh, not not Moses. I think you're thinking of Jesus. Oh. Who, who part of the uh, Red Sea? I can't. Oh, I thought, yeah, that was uh, Moses. I thought you were talking okay. about walking on water. A walking on water. Either Both work. Both work. Yeah, this is this is Caligula riding a chariot on water. Gotcha. To prove gotcha. that he's the Messiah. Divine. Right. Yeah. Suetonius uh, tells the story here. Besides this, he devised a novel and unheard of pageant, for he bridged the gap between Bayer and the mole at Putioli, Putioli, a distance mm-hmm. of about 3,600 paces by bringing together merchant ships from all sides and anchoring them in a double <sighs> line. Afterwards, Fuck. a mound of earth was heaped upon them and fashioned right. in a manner of the Appian Way. Over this bridge, <laughs> he rode back and forth for two successive days. The first day... <laughs> On a caparisoned horse, himself resplendent in a crown right. of oak leaves, a buckler, a sword, and a cloak of cloth of gold. Yeah. On the second, in the dress of a charioteer in a car drawn by a pair of famous horses, carrying before him a boy named Darius, one of the <laughs> hostages from Parthia, and attended right. by the entire Praetorian Guard and a company of his friends in Gallic chariots. I know that many have supposed that Gaius devised this kind of bridge in rivalry of Xerxes, who excited no little admiration by bridging the much narrower Hellespont. Others that it was to inspire fear in Germany and Britain, on which he had designs by the fame of some stupendous work. But when I was a boy, I used to hear my grandfather say that the reason for the work, as revealed by the emperor's confidential courtiers, Mm -hmm. was that Thrasyllus, the astrologer, had declared to Tiberius, when he was worried about his successor and inclined towards his natural grandson, that Gaius had no more chance of becoming emperor 
than of riding about over the Gulf of Baia with horses. <laughs> I'll show you, bitch. So I just have to ask, uh, I'm just uh, the layperson's perspective, all these boats that he had to use to turn into a pontoon bridge, I imagine they were plying their trade, um, <laughs> moving supplies and making money and putting food on the table for the family. And now they've all been, for lack of a better word, confiscated for this, I'm going to call it a noble gesture. Yeah. Yeah. These are my Jesus ships. Christ. I'm going to ride my Now, uh, some of the sources say that he was wearing the cloak and carrying the shield of Alexander the Great. Right. Right. Uh, when he did it, um, famously taken by Augustus, I think, yes. when he was in Alexandria, right? After he broke the nose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Jesus. God, wouldn't you love to know what happened to those? Right. Well, let me ask you this. So, so far, I think we've done a good job of deconstructing a lot of the crazy stories about, a Caligula, about Caligula. What's your interpretation of this? Was he just trying to take that almost prophecy that was said about, about him when Tiberius was still alive and make it come true? Is he really trying to impress the Germans saying, look, Romans are freaking awesome engineers. If you mess with us, we can come and at you and cross the Rhine at any time. I mean, what do you think is his justification for this? Boredom. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spectacle. I mean, yeah, probably. Like, I mean, it's... Say, it, like, the, building a wall between us and Mexico. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Which part of it blew yeah. down recently. Anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, the ships didn't fall over when there was a decent <laughs> wind. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the story about Thrasilla saying that uh, he wouldn't be emperor until he did that, and then him just coming up with a way of doing it. Makes right. sense. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I think it's just putting on putting on a show, putting on a show for yeah. the people. Maybe yeah. a bit like uh, just entertainment. Now, I wanted to talk about Baia, this town that was on the other side of the Bay of Naples from Puccioli. Mm-hmm. It was a party town for six hundred years. It was the Las Vegas. Of the Romans, oh God. the the right. super rich built luxurious villas there from a hundred BCE right through to five hundred CE. Damn, when, when it sort of ended up underwater. Um, right. One poem written during Augustus's reign referred to it as a den of licentiousness and vice. Hell yeah! Along with along with most Isil. Uh, which he said was a den of scum and villainy. Uh, <laughs> this was a den of licentiousness and vice. Right. Yeah. Seneca Damn. the Younger described it as a vortex of luxury and a harbour of vice where girls went to play at being girls, old <laughs> women went to play as being girls, and some <laughs> men went to play as being oh, girls. I'm there. So... Maybe it was more the Bangkok of the Romans <laughs> than the Las Vegas. Um, yeah. Oh my now, God. now, you can see videos, and I think I posted one to our Facebook page uh, recently. There are videos. So what happened to Baia is, uh, because it's in Naples where Vesuvius is, uh, it didn't get Uh-oh. destroyed in, 
in the eruption, but what happened is the same tectonic shifts that caused Vesuvius to erupt in 79 CE caused mm-hmm. the sea level to rise around oh, the Bay shit. of Naples. Right. And this place gradually ended up completely underwater. But the thing about it, you can go scuba diving there today and there are marble statues and tiled, f- ornate tiled floors, you know, um, Mm-hmm. With uh, 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 what do you call them? Uh, what do you call that tiled floor thing? I can never remember. Mosaic. Sorry, I did remember. Right. Mosaic right. tiled things under the sand on the on the ocean bed. It looks very very cool. Yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of videos um, there. We should definitely get there at some point and check it out. Um, nice. But again, getting back to the ships, uh, I think is the point you were going to make. According to Seneca, while Booty Tang was uh, doing this bridge business. Um, the mm-hmm. sh- ships weren't carrying grain to Rome, which they oh. should have been. So he was actually putting Rome's food supply in danger by this little stunt. Oh and both God. Seneca and Josephus use this story as a way to illustrate Caligula's insanity, but... I I think it might have just been. I mean, again, we're gonna to have to give. He's in his mid twenties. He's a rich prince. Yeah. Uh, his family's all been killed. His sister, who he loved, has died. As we'll see, there was other crazy shit going on around this time. He was not in a good place. I don't think it, that necessarily means he was insane, but I think he right. was definitely. Yeah. You know, he had the illness. He thought they were conspiring against him. He's just figured out the Senate are full of shit and he can't trust anybody. Uh, yeah, maybe he's just, you know, feeling like he's on the on the edge, man. He's losing his shit. But I don't think it necessarily yeah. means he's insane, just unstable. He's an unstable right. genius. <laughs> Jesus. But you're right. I mean, if this is something that's a whim on his part, I think this might be one of the few times where he was... Um, you know, maybe not quite right in the head versus what we've been told for years that he was completely insane for, for the last years of his life. I think this is a one-off and I'm sure to himself, he was able to justify it again. Like you've pointed out, it doesn't matter after he bitch slaps the, the Senate, he can and will do anything he wants. He doesn't have to justify it. I got to use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. You just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> I can do anything. God. Speaking of very stable geniuses. <laughs> and still got elected. Uh, Ren, this is where he uh, divorces Lola, Lolita, Lolia. Mm-hmm. Her name was L-O-L-A. Uh, and gets married for the very last time to the very, very hot uh, Melonia Sazonia. Although, <laughs> apparently, not as hot as she uh, was in the film. Right. You can't have everything. But 
She wasn't beautiful. She wasn't young, um, but she was fertile because she had already had three children. And as we said earlier, this guy is looking to produce an heir, especially after that fear where he got sick and he almost died. He needs an heir. Now, just, just for the um, for the heck of it, Sazonia came originally from a humble family, only recently had her family been able to make it to the top ranks. I think five out of six of her half-brothers will go on to be consuls or Suffolk consuls, um, like Corbulo, who we've mentioned in the past. But the point is, she seems to be everything that he needs. She's a little older. Maybe people aren't going to hit on her. I don't know. But she obviously is a proven baby machine. That's what he needs. Yeah. And she's, I mean, uh, Dio refers to her as neither beautiful nor young. Mm. Uh, There's um, some depictions of her on coins from Herod Agrippa uh, that are contemporaneous. And the depictions of Caligula on Agrippa's coins are considered to be fairly realistic, so there may be hers are too. Um, She doesn't look particularly beautiful, but she does look a bit sort of dirty and slutty, I think, on these coins, man. She's got this look in her eye like, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. Knees are open. But she wasn't wasn't Helen Mirren, unfortunately. Right. Um, Who is? Who can? Yeah. Yeah. Now... uh, you said, um, I think in the last episode, that he the official story for him divorcing Lola was that she was barren. But remember, she was filthy rich. So right. I think he might have married her, got all of her money, then dumped her. Yeah. Uh, and he'd already knocked up Sazonia. Yeah. And according to the sources, he didn't marry her until the day of the baby's birth or just after the baby's birth. Right. Wanted to, to make, make sure, sure she, she yeah, yeah, make sure she could pop out a kid successfully. <laughs> um, which is a little bit cynical. Uh, the, you know, the sources do say that he apparently genuinely loved her and was yeah. faithful to her, surprisingly. Yeah. But uh, again, because he's only in his mid twenties and she's right. old. She already got three kids. But, um, yeah, something something going on there between them. Uh, now, the marriage may have actually happened in Gaul because oh. there's an inscription found in Lyon where it says an important woman was with him around about this time when he was there for the dedication of a building. Right. But she was also in Rome to prepare a triumph for him when he returned from Gaul. So maybe there was another woman. Maybe uh, she returned earlier. We don't really know. Then again, he was present in Rome when their child was born. So I don't know. It's um, Which, yeah. as I said, could have happened on the day of the wedding or just after the wedding, depending on the source. So we don't really know much about the details. We don't really know much about her. But... Um, she was the daughter of Vestilia. Uh-huh. Did you did you mention Vestilia before? I, I phased out when you were talking. Um, I get a feeling that happens a lot. I don't think I did. Who's Vestilia? Vestilia is a woman who gets a mention in Pliny's natural history because she apparently uh, could pop out a million kids in like a week. <laughs> She right. was married six times, Damn. had a ton of had a ton of kids, and right. according to Pliny, her pregnancies were remarkably short. Oh, don't oh. know exactly how short, 
uh, somewhere yeah. between, a, I think, a week and three weeks. Um, <laughs> short Instead enough a to period. get a mention in his book, really. Right, right. Now, I, I, I'm sorry. I was two months premature and I nearly died. So if she can pull that off on a regular basis, I say kudos. Good for her. But it's not all about me. <laughs> I nearly died. There was a bubble, Jerry. Bubble kept me alive for two months. No, I was there for a month. Bubble kept me alive. I can't face the bubble boy. What's the matter? I just don't react well to these situations. My grandmother died two months early because of the way I reacted in the hospital. She was getting better. And then I went to pay her a visit. She saw my face. Boom. That was the end of it. Okay, we're going in. Susan, Come on. wait, please. please. Come on, George. Susan, George, George, stop. George. See, it's not really a bubble. A lot of people think it's an igloo. But it's really just a plastic divider. Can you uh, go in the bubble? Well, you have to put so many things on because of the germs. The gloves, the mask, it's a whole production. <laughs> Do you know who the Bubble Boy's uh, father is played by? Yeah, that's... Um, is that Bill Murray's brother? Who is... I, I know his face. Yeah. I know his voice. Yeah. I yeah, love him. Yeah. I love one him. One of the Murrays. I don't know which one it is, yeah. but one of the Murrays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, George Murray, no. Uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Yes, Brian Doyle. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways, that's not funny because it really happened to me, so it's not funny. No <laughs> one should be out there laughing right now. <laughs> that's what makes it funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, bubble boy. <laughs> anyway, getting back to Vestilia, Sazonia's right? mother was related to... The Vestilia, who we've talked about in an earlier episode, who registered herself as a public prostitute to avoid a prosecution for adultery. Yes. Like, no, 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 I'm not a whore. Well, I am. Yeah. <laughs> but a professional. It's a, it's a job. She was like, right. you know, a patrician. She got caught fucking around. She goes, well, I, I'm a prostitute, obviously. Yeah, um, here's my license. Here's my, here's my certificate, um, yeah. Here's my union yeah. card. Yeah. <laughs> so that's this is the family from which Sazonia comes. Mother was married right. six times, pushed out a lot of kids. Auntie probably registered as a prostitute to avoid being prosecuted as a slut. And Sazonia herself was born from her mother's sixth marriage. Suetonius not only says uh, she was not beautiful, but he said she had a reputation for high living and low morals. Yeah, it's perfect. My kind of woman, but Ray. Right. But at the same time, you get the feeling because she is older and she's had kids, she, she's bringing the right kind of drama to Caligula. She's good in bed. She could probably entertain him. But she doesn't. she's not like a fussy 18-year-old who would tr probably drive him crazy and he would have her killed. You get the, like you were saying, the you get the sense that the affection was genuine. And as weird as it sounds, it sounds like things were, was working out between them. And he finally got what he wanted, not only a stable wife, but he also now has a child. Yeah. Now, Suetonius says that she liked to fuck around, but that <sighs> boot, booty tang was faithful to her. Oh. He was 
proud of her body and used to parade her around naked in front of his friends and also paraded her naked wearing a cloak, helmet and shield in front of the soldiers. Was it Alexander Shield? Because then I'd be impressed. Probably was. Probably and was. And she, I mean, why, if you had Alexander's shield, why would you yeah, not use any use other shield, yeah. right? Whip it out whenever you can. That's my motto. And I get the sense she was she was into it. She yeah. liked being paraded around naked in front of me. It'd be like, right. yeah, come on, just get your kid off. I've tried that with Chrissy a bunch of times, but it just never works. I'm like, just take your... Come on, just show them, show them your pussy. I mean, it's something, terrific. Something, they, they love it. Right? And she's uh, she gets angry. Selfish. And, you know, sounds like it. Storms out of the room. I don't know. I, I just <laughs> be like Sazonia. What's the problem? You got a. Oh my god! You got a. You got a hot body. Show it off. What's the, like? Yeah, if I had a proud. hot body. Oh. If oh, I, yeah. I'd be naked all the time. If I had like a huge dick and abs. Uh. <laughs> Man, I, you would never get clothes on me. I don't. I don't see Cam, the problem. I, I just, Cam's dick and abs dot com. Yeah, it'd be all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? You'd yeah. just be like, well, oh, I do actually. I don't, but I do. All oh, right. I don't have that, but I do still have the website. It's mm. it's a problem I have. Anyway, mm. bubbleboymidgetdick I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, the poet Juvenal, writing decades later, Mm. said people didn't understand the attraction, like why Booty was into her, and assumed that she had captured him using a love potion. Mm. Mm. I wonder if it was love potion number nine. (laughs) Probably was. And as we've talked about before, he names their child Julia Drusilla after his sister slash lover, oh. which which that's not weird, not weird at no, all. It's it's, it's it's a little hot in a warped way. I don't want to go into detail, but yeah, it doesn't. Hey, I know hey. you're just a baby, but when you get older, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when she was born, he carried her up to the temple on the capital put her on Jupiter's knee, according to Dio and Josephus, that was to establish her paternity. You are the daughter of the the god of gods, the high god, Dios Pater, Jupiter, Mm -hmm. Dios Pater, the uh, father god, the the number one god. Ego much? Um, And then on Minerva's knee... Because he wanted Minerva to uh, educate her, be in charge of her education. Why? Why oh. would he want Minerva to teach her, right? Oh God! What was? She, I don't know. What was she the god of? Goddess of? She was the Roman goddess of wisdom ah, and strategic warfare. Right. And the uh, also the, the the patron of the arts, trade, and uh, strategy. Well, but, theoretically, uh, basically the the Roman yeah. version of the Greek goddess Athena. Right. Well, basically, I mean, she's going to need those skills because she is, for right now, his heir. It doesn't matter that she's a girl. Yes, she'll probably have to be married to some guy. But the point is, you know, she's a part of the royal family. She's going to need those skills. So you want to give her every advantage you can. Yeah. Now, he apparently spoiled her and she had a pretty brutal temper 
one on one occasion she sort of scratched out the eyes of one of her playmates and <laughs> booty tang thought it was awesome and proof of her paternity oh yep that's mine she gets it honest yeah now this must have been a little bit later obviously because uh babies yeah. don't tend to have match nails to scratch shit with so right and right. she didn't live that long, as we know, because we've seen the film. So, right. uh, yeah. yeah, at some point there, this story happened, apparently, according to the sources. Right. Now, problems between Booty Tang and the Senate came to a head in September of 39. This is after he got up, I think, and screamed at them and gave them the big speech. But right. how long after it, I don't really know. But at this point, he actually removes the two consuls from office. These would have been the Suffolk consuls that took over in uh, July, I guess, because he would have been consul at the beginning of 39, resigned after a month, handed over to the Suffolk consuls we mentioned earlier. They would have been replaced in July. By September, he uh, fires them. And destroys their fascies. Damn. Now, yeah. why why did he lose his shit, Ray? Well, the, the answer is quite simple. According to Dio, Caligula was upset, nay, pissed, because the consuls refused, or the consuls did not celebrate his birthday in a proper way. He is freaking out about this because he is a god. He is number one. So he kicks them out of office. He has his men break their fasces and just marches them out of office. So this is one of those stories, again, where he's an insane person. He takes slights. He's fickle. And he just Boses of these men from their office just because they did not celebrate the day of his birth properly according to his desires. <laughs> I'm waiting for Trump to do that just to fire Congress. It's only a matter of time. Because they don't time. celebrate his birthday, yeah. They yeah. failed to order a Thanksgiving for his birthday. There was no turkey. He's like, come on. <laughs> I wanna, come, I on. A, uh, come on. I, I need gobble, turkey. Gobble. Right. Yeah. I, got a, I got a hankering for that... Uh, <laughs> What's that sauce that you have? The red sauce that you have with turkey over there? Uh, we have gravy. We have yams. We have um, I don't know. Yeah, the 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 red, the red like jam sauce thing that you do. Oh, uh, um, it's gone. I don't know. Come on, man. Are you an American or not? Uh, I think you're going to find America is a big country and a lot of people do Thanksgiving differently. We don't have any red sauce at our house. Uh, I said okay. proudly. Sorry. Uh, okay. I'm Googling it. I can't even find it. All right. Forget I mentioned it. All right. Um, you're not even inviting me to your house to, you know, <laughs> so I guess I'll never get to find out how you eat turkey. Um <laughs> Now, they had races for his birthday, as they did oh. every year. Yeah. But that apparently wasn't enough. Now, he also, his other official reason was that they had allowed the annual celebration to commemorate Augustus's victory at Actium, and he, he didn't like it. He said, look, that victory, along with Agrippa's victory at Sicily during the Civil right. War over the forces of sexy P right. were catastrophic for the Roman people 
It was a civil war. A lot of people died. We shouldn't be celebrating it. I mean, he's not wrong, but still he's he's picking when to be picky about things like this. How are they supposed to read his mind? It's not fair. Well, it, these official stories don't make a lot of sense, is the right. point. Um, right. You don't fire consuls because they don't celebrate your birthday enough and right. uh, because they, they continue to celebration that have been going on since... It was Actium, like 30 BCE. It's been going on for 70 years. And, all, and they just do what they've always done, and he cracks it. It doesn't right. make any sense. No. Uh, but Bullshit. he went ahead and dismissed the consuls, broke their fasces, as I said. One of them committed suicide um, Ooh, over the whole affair. We don't really know their names. Dio doesn't tell us their names, but... As we'll see again, like with the whole Flacco in Egypt thing and the the yelling and screaming at the Senate earlier, there may have been a much greater conspiracy that uh, is is behind the scenes here that he's slowly finding out about and uh, all of these things are connected. And because we don't really know the timing of them and the people involved, it's hard to know you know how, how the, the play-by-play but we do know that something big happened this year now Dio says that one of the consuls was replaced by Gnaeus Domitius Corbulo mm-hmm. you mentioned him earlier he was the fifth husband of Sezonia's mother Vestilia <laughs> damn <laughs> not actually her father, but her mother's ex-husband. Apparently, this guy had been a road commissioner and worked with Caligula to sort of prosecute the other road commissioners, the guys who are in charge of keeping the roads in good order, clean and in good order, who were useless and or corrupt. Now, do you know who one of those road commissioners was? Oh, no, tell me. Guy by the name of Vespasian. Oh shit! One of Vespasian's oh, first jobs on the Cursus Honorum right. was as a road commissioner, and apparently the roads that he was responsible for were in such bad form. Caligula one day picked up a heap of horse shit that was on the road and stuffed it down Vespasian's toga oh, and made him walk around with it. Jesus. Uh, you can't see it, but my hand is raised. Aren't those people in their official positions given state money to fix, maintain, or build roads? Of course. Okay. Well, where's the money going? What's... Oh, well, yeah. Well, where do you think? Hookers, and... Hookers and blow. Yeah. Same way your money goes. <laughs> um now, there's also uh, Corbulo, who turns up as a general under Nero. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we, we don't seem to know if it was this guy or this guy's son. Anyway, Dio also says another one of the new consuls was Gnaeus Domitius Afer. Right. Two Gnaeus Domitiuses. And, and apparently, uh, Caligula was like... Uh, all right, anyone who wants to be, anyone who has the names <laughs> Gnaeus Domitius uh, can be consul. Anyone? Uh, hi, I'm Gnaeus Domitius Caballo. All right, you'll be fine. Anyone else? I'm Gnaeus Domitius Afer. Right. The reason he did that 
is he didn't want to have to remember two names. So he just knew if, he, if they all had the same name. Right. Do you mind if I call you Bruce? Um, it's just Ganeus Demetrius. Hi, Ganeus Demetrius. He knows yeah. he's going to be right. Right. He's Never wrong. Easy. Yeah. That's why all of my... All of my future co-hosts, when your six months is up, will be just... I'm going to call them Ray. Yeah, just make it easier on yourself. Yeah, it's like I always call my kids the same name. <laughs> I just don't want to have to remember names. <laughs> so there's a great... Dio's got a great story about Afer. Did you read the, the Afer story? Uh, is this when he is accused of something? Let me just set it up and I'll let you take it from there. So, But supposedly he was he was a well-known orator, uh, orator and he... Um, proposed an inscription to honor Caligula, but for whatever reason, Caligula was not supposedly honored. In fact, he seemed to be pissed about it. And this is one of those stories that Dio uses to make Caligula look insane. But as usual, there is more to the story. Yeah. So at some point in 39, uh, this guy, Afer, I guess, it, I, I think it's, I, I assume it's after he was... Uh, after he was made consul, because I don't think this would happen and then you would get made consul afterwards, but um, he set up a statue of Caligula and placed on it an inscription that the emperor had reached his consulship for the second time already by his 27th year. Right. And uh, Caligula took it as an insult because he thought it was a sarcastic comment Uh. about how young he was and he was already console twice and not as a compliment mm-hmm. and and maybe it maybe it was uh, a compliment maybe this guy did it in good yeah uh, why would he not uh, good 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 intent right. maybe not but uh, he'd also been close to Cianus this guy and uh, on Cianus's behalf had prosecuted Agrippina's best friend Claudia Pulchra, right. who was charged with treason and adultery. You may remember that story. Mm-hmm. And her son, Publius Quinctilius Varus the Younger. Right. The yeah. son of the Varus. Uh, Publius Varus, where are my legions, Varus? Right. Um so anyway, uh, this guy gets charged with writing a, a perhaps sarcastic comment on the statue <laughs> and Booty Tang decides he's going to personally prosecute him. He's going to handle the case himself. Oh, shit. Oh, because shit. he is so proud of his oratorical <laughs> skills. And what happened, Ray? Um, from what I know... Uh, he's going to, uh, Afer is going to use his connections with Callistus, Caligula's free man, to get out of trouble, get out of jail free card. So Caligula's handling the case himself, mm-hmm. and he's reading out the charges against Afer. Now, right. Afer, who was one of Rome's greatest orators himself, and had a book published, uh, or somebody else published a book about all of his uh, witty remarks. Mm-hmm. Rather than defending himself, after every charge Booty Tang reads out, Afer repeats the charge and then goes, wow, that's brilliantly done. Like the way that you <laughs> crafted that sentence, <laughs> your, your skill in oh. Latin... Right. As an orator, I gotta say, right. I'm impressed. Wow! Like 
even even I want to convict myself after hearing <laughs> the way that you put that. Well Fucking done, sir. Well done. Yeah. What's next? What's what's the next one? <laughs> Tell me. He'd read out the next charge. He'd go, my God, that's even better than the first one. I can't. <laughs> I am. Look, I knew you were a genius, but seriously, but I had no witnessing idea yeah. that you, you were I, so good. Can I sit at your feet while I, you I, do this? Well, he actually, after all the charges have been read, he dropped to his knees in front of Caligula, oh. not to beg for mercy, no. but just to say, listen, right here, right now, in front of all these people, I just want to say, you are the greatest orator <laughs> I have ever seen. Uh, I am scared, not of what you're going to do to me, right? but just as a result, just as of how good you are as an orator. Like, I, I thought I was pretty fucking good. But you, <laughs> holy shit! Put I me have to shame. never. Oh. Yeah. And Caligula then dropped the case and said, "All right, you're free to go." And when somebody asked him why he had prosecuted Afer in the first place, he just said, "Oh, well, because the speech I wrote was so fucking good, I just wanted, <laughs> just wanted to, to get a chance to <laughs> use it in public." Uh, and obviously it was good because, you know, even, even the, the condemned yeah. said yeah. it was good. So because we've told this story before how he liked to you know, wake senators up in the right. middle of the night just to read them a speech that he'd written right. or, or right. do a dance that yeah. he'd come up with. He loved to show off. Jesus. Um, but speaking of Ava, I know people like that and I kind of hate people. Like, like I know people who just, you know, they they – just they catch up to me and they're just like, "Wow, you are so fucking clever! I can't believe you are such an impressive human being. Like all uh, the stuff that you do, right? The podcast, the books, yeah, philosophy, the film, just the marketing. It's such a pleasure. Bed to be handsome to meet you. You know, just like I don't know about you. I hate insults. I hate. <laughs> like here's a tip: if any of you ever meet me or send me an email. Don't blow smoke up my ass. I right. as soon as somebody says something nice, I immediately don't trust them. Right. I immediately go into what, what's going on. Are, are you trying to pick my pocket? Yeah. What's happening here? <laughs> I'm being I'm being conned. What? I don't don't like it. What if I just all. said? What if I just said, "Hey, can't wow, big fan. I, I'll leave you alone. Just wanted to say, love what you do, that's, big fan. That's fine. Okay, all right. Yeah. So there's your fan, guideline. Love, get people. emails all the time. Hey, yeah. Lo- love your work. That's right. fine. Love your work. That's great. There's your guideline. Just think people. of me like right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> think of me like um, Jesus. You know, I, I, I'm not trying to big. <laughs> not a big moment. Yeah, but yeah. Imagine, you know, you, uh, I'm uh, Robert De Niro. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, if you see Robert De Niro out in public, you don't go up to Robert De Niro and just start slobbering yeah. all over him. You just you know, <laughs> give him one of the a little, little nod. You're walking past him. Right. You're in. The, you're in. Tribe- hey. You're in Tribeca, What's going up? out for a latte lunchtime. Right. You walk right. past Bobby De Niro. He's come out of his offices in Tribeca Production Company. Um, you don't walk up and strip down and rub yourself naked up <laughs> and down right. him. Right. You give him a, just a bit of a nod, bit of a wink, going, "Hey, Bobby, love your work." Look. Love now, your work, Bobby. That's that's all. Right. Now, in your head, when you meet Cam for the first time, you can, whatever in your head, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's a, you can do that in your head. That's yeah. fine. But when you meet him, yeah. maybe don't look him directly in the eye. Just say, love your work. Keep it up. Look forward to the next one. And keep on walking. 
just let's keep it simple, people. He's yeah. got a lot of people. Keep to on meet. walking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. look me in the eyes. <laughs> Don't look me in the eyes and keep on walking. Look me in the eyes. And penis. make sure, right? If you write anything about me on Twitter or Facebook, <laughs> you you mention David Markham. Did yes, you please see God. The, the... Please God. Mention that man. What well, one of our one of our listeners, um, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, um, has a Twitter handle, right Bernie2020, and right. tweeted something uh, about how listening to the Napoleon, Cameron Riley's Napoleon show changed my views on uh, that period. You know, I was pro-British and now I'm pro-French during right. that period. Right. I, I, I screenshotted it and put it up on Facebook as a gag, yeah. knowing that it wasn't Ber- Bernie Sanders. Um as a gag, and a lot of people went, oh, my God, real Bernie Sanders, it's amazing. Markham goes, well, well I'm very surprised he didn't mention me in that at all. Because it's all about you, David. Yeah. It's all about I've you. I've accepted that. Classic, classic Markham. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that show was all about him, to be fair. Yeah. Anyway, um, this story about Afer getting down on his knees, uh, probably bullshit is my take on it. Um, I here's, here's how I take it. Afer was consul when Caligula left Rome. And uh, I think later on, mm-hmm. after Booty Tang is gone, when people said, hey, Afer... You uh, were pretty close <laughs> yeah. to Caligula. He right. made you consul, etc. Uh, how come you survived when so many people died? He goes, well, <laughs> let me tell you a story. Sit you may down. not have heard this. Pull up a chair. Hushed up at the time, right. but did I pull one <laughs> over Caligula's eyes? Here's what I did. That way, you accomplish a couple of things. Number one, it looks like you were nearly executed for, oh, I wrote this snarky fucking comment <laughs> on this thing. Really, dick. that was uh, deliberately snarky? Oh, oh, what do you think? You yeah. know me. I've got a book published about my snarky it, comments. It, it was Mr. the Trump. It was the Trump me. of his day. Of course it was snarky. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I was snarky. <laughs> this is when Trump's been assassinated. This is what the you know the GOP senators who voted right. to uh, uh, acquit him will be saying. Oh well, listen, secretly, oh. oh, in the back rooms, I stood up to him all the time. Put my finger I stood in up his to chest. Him, but then, yeah, yeah, but I, but you know, then you know, I was forced to right. uh, make it look like publicly. Yeah, oh, Peer I thought, you know, I thought death threats, you right. Know. Uh, anyway, I think Afer was like, yeah, but I only be quick thinking. That's how I got out of it. Yeah. Uh, quick thinking. That's how I survived. So I could do good works for Rome. That's the bigger picture. That's yeah. That's one story. The other story is that after Caligula leaves Rome, as we'll, we'll tell that story, Afer apparently uncovered several conspiracies and plots along with Callistus, uh, Caligula's freedman slash father of one of his uh, mistresses. Uh, it might be that Afa named names, brought a list of names with him. That's why he was made consul Ooh. in the first place. So maybe this whole thing had, uh, you know, he'd been accused of the whole statue affair thing before he was consul. And the way he got out of being prosecuted was he said, hey, listen, I know about a conspiracy that's going on. You, If you don't kill me, I will 
reveal all. Right, drop names. You have to you have to let me off. You have to acquit and give me a consulship and then I'll tell you everything. Could be. I don't know. Because that's how it yeah. worked out. For him. Yeah. 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 So let's get into some conspiracy talk. Um, Dio reports that the building of the bridge at Bayer mm-hmm. had been so expensive that Booty Tang was forced to bring a number of bogus charges against various individuals as a way of raising funds. Right. You know, if you uh, were accused of maestas and you you didn't commit suicide, you were executed and the state, a.k.a. the Treasury, a.k.a. Booty Tang, got all of your wealth. We've seen that happen before. Yeah. Now, Dio says that many of these people died in prison, some were hurled from the Tarpeian Rock, some committed suicide, but it seems to be more widespread than just financial opportunism. Dio speaks of a general fear in the populace, including aediles and praetors who were forced to resign their offices and stand trial because of their association or friendship with some of Caligula's enemies. But it does seem clear reading through the ancient sources, that there was some kind of genuine opposition, maybe conspiracy plots, against Booty at this stage. And now he deals with it ruthlessly. And it might be that the financial benefits uh, were just a bonus, that it wasn't about the money. It was about dealing with the conspiracies. But if they happened to have money, that was all good. Now, unfortunately, Dyer doesn't mention the names of many of the victims, but there are a few that get mentioned in the various sources. One is Titius Rufus. Mm-hmm. He was charged with denigrating the Senate by claiming that it thought one way and voted another, which is pretty much what Caligula's <laughs> already said. He, uh, he though, committed suicide. Right. Um, you got any other names there? Yeah, so there was another trial for the praetor Junius Priscus, who was charged with something, sadly we don't know what, but it turns out, and you've been hinting at this, and we've, I think in previous episodes we've been building up to this, that the state is running low on money for a lot of different reasons. Some of it's Caligula's spending on festivals, trying to keep the people happy. The building of the bridge certainly cost a lot of money. But it turns out that Priscus decided to be a player. And when you're a player, you lie about things. You lie about the women you've been with, the cars, or in this case, the chariots that you drive. He also lied about how much money he had. So Word of his riches gets back to Caligula, who needs the money. He is charged with something. He is found guilty of that something, and he is executed. And it turns out, and you have to think that Caligula was disappointed in this, it turns out that Priscus had lied about being so rich. In fact, Caligula supposedly said that if Priscus had not lied about being so rich, he would still be alive today. Is that cruel? Yes, but... Caligula needs the money, the state needs the money, and Priscus did put his own head in the lion's mouth by lying. So, 
yeah, that, that's on him. He, he Hopefully he learned from his lessons. But again, he lied about it, and now he has paid the price because Caligula thought he was going to cash in on this guy. <laughs> there was a guy called Carina Secundus who was banished for delivering a speech about the danger of tyrants as a rhetorical exercise. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Now, yeah. <laughs> Call me crazy, but... Um, uh, I don't think if you're living under a tyrant, you should be <laughs> able to... You should think you can get up and go, not mentioning any names, <laughs> but just as a rhetorical exercise... Don't you hate tyrants? Isn't life under tyrants horrible? What? Right. what? Caligula? No, no. What, what makes you think? No, no. I'm not. I'm not talking about Caligula. I love Caligula. Caligula. I'm just saying, if in the abstract we were right, if there was a tyrant, right. Oh, then we'd have to probably rise up and kill him. Pull out a knife. But no, no, no. I don't mean no. I don't mean Caligula. I mean he's, he's one of the theoretically. Good ones. Yeah. 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 Um, he he was sent into exile to Athens. And supposedly later committed suicide while there. Now, according to Philo, Tang was paranoid about provincial governors with large armies. Yeah. And so he started changing them up. Anyone who'd been in command for a long time thinks they might have too much loyalty with their troops, might be a problem. So he starts moving them around. Right. Now... Maybe some of them were involved in conspiracy talk, but maybe not. Maybe it was just preventative measures. Yeah. Some of them get moved into good jobs or better jobs, like Lucius Volusius Saturninus. Good name. He had been the governor of Dalmatia since 29, gets replaced in 40, but has made the urban prefect in Rome. He was 74 years old. He was a Tiberian man too. So he's, uh, you know, kept his job for a couple of years in a Caligula's reign and now he's brought home and and given a a good job. Right. So it doesn't seem like he's necessarily being punished. Now his replacement is also interesting. His replacement was Lucius Aruntius Camillus Scribonianus. You know, you don't have to make up names, Cam. That's a ridiculously long name. Was it Fred, yeah. Joe, Bob? Lucky, 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 lucky Scrib. They just called him Lucky Scrib. <laughs> Lucius Scribonianus. Now he was the adopted son. He'd been consul in thirty-two. He was right. the adopted son of the Lucius Aruntius, who was accused of maestas under Tiberius and chose to commit suicide right, rather than live under Caligula, who <clears> we've, <throat> we've talked about before. Right. Um, Scribo seems to have been fairly loyal to Caligula, but ended up raising a rebellion under Claudius oh, and God. died in 42. Right. So here's a guy who goes, look, Tiberius, good. Caligula, good. Claudius, no. Nah. I draw the line there. Draw the line at Claudius. Pull up my sword. Not get, God. I'm not going to have a, uh, you know, retarded guy as the emperor. That's where I draw the line. I'm sorry. It's just how I roll. Yeah. 
Another guy was um, Umidias Quadratus. Mm -hmm. He he was already governor of Lusitania when Buditang took the throne. He was also called back in 40, but made Suffolk consul. Oh. uh, Consul, Suffolk consul. So there's quite a few of these stories, these guys that were moved around and but but given good jobs. So they they weren't like being swept up and executed or banished. They were brought back. Now... You know, I think the the point of telling these stories is that in 40, here we are in 40, these guys are getting called back. Caligula doesn't seem completely insane. Like, he's not assassinating everyone left, right, and center in positions of power. He is moving guys around, calling them back, but giving them good jobs, and they're surviving, and they're doing okay. So, yeah, so he's not... Like, he's often depicted, as is Stalin, as this slobbering insane madman who's just killing anyone and everyone that might be a threat. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. That's not the case here. And this is 40. Like, this is late in the game for yeah. Caligula. He's calling these guys back and treating them reasonably. Right. Now, one guy Booty was suspicious of, though, was a guy called Lucius Vitellius, the governor of Syria. He was uh, the governor of Syria who deposed Pontius Pilate in the year 36 after getting complaints from the people. So, uh, you know, you you Bible readers will be interested (laughs) in that. Pontius Pilate finally gets uh, deposed. Uh, Now, he had four legions in Syria. Syria was obviously a... Sort of had played a couple of roles. I mean, it was close to Egypt. If you wanted to get troops into Egypt, you could get them there from Syria. Also, sort of uh, close to Parthia, if you've got trouble there. But also, you know, the Jews were <clears throat> Jews right. were an uppity bunch. <laughs> you needed to have lots of legions in there. The Jews had already yes. revolted uh, once. And uh, they were getting uppity again uh, when Caligula uh, was was you know trying to put up eagles and statues right. in their temples and synagogues. Yeah, they're funny that way. And of course, they they would go on to revolt massively. Yes, in the late sixties. Um, but at this stage, there's four legions there now. That's matched only by the four legions in each of uh, upper and lower. Germania. Right. So in 39, uh, this guy, Vitellius, is replaced by Publius Petronius. Mm-hmm. According to Josephus mm-hmm. in his Antiquities of the Jews, this guy, Vitellius, uh, had also written to Tiberius when he was still alive, obviously, right. to make a request that the Jewish high priestly robe be allowed back under Jewish control. And, and this request was granted. Okay. You know, the Sensible. Tiberius was sort of deciding who could be the high priest and who couldn't. Right. And uh, he gave it back to the Jews for a while. They fucked it up and the Romans took it back off him again. But, um, <laughs> but they had the... So this... But Vit- Vitellius was known as being a, a good uh, governor. He kept the Jews pretty happy. Um, but because of that, because he was popular, both with the Jews and his troops, Caligula was suspicious now, Vitellius supposedly only escaped with his life because when he was called back to Rome, he performed proskinesis. Ooh. Now, 
that's not where you give somebody a blowjob and tickle their arsehole with a feather at the same time, right? I know you often get that confused. That's my go-to. Yeah, yeah. this is, uh, we talked about this back in the oh, Alexander days. Yes. Proskinesis. What, what does proskinesis mean? Oh, proskinesis, you kneel. Uh, I, I can't remember. Genuflect, I can't remember. Well, it, it, it's something that Alexander picked up from the Persians when he was in Babylon. It's where you, yeah, you get down, you kiss the feet uh, of oh. the person, the right. king, and you treat them as if they're a god. You right. literally worship them as a god. Wow. So Vitellius did this to Caligula, and uh, he asked for Caligula f- to forgive him. <laughs> Force a habit, in- boss. Forgive him for not seeing the moon in Caligula's presence because only a god could see another god. Okay, how did that go over? Uh, Well, apparently Caligula was so impressed by this that Vitellius not only survived but prospered. He was consul three times. Damn. The last time in 47 as co-consul of Claudius. Now, again, like our old mate uh, Afa. Right. Afa Apple, people used to call him. I think this story reeks of somebody who did well under Caligula and later on oh, in the bar, people were after Caligula. People were like, hey, hey you, hey, Vitalius. Tell uh, us the story of. Uh... How come you didn't end up dead? Yeah. Yeah. He goes, well, let me tell you, it was a fucking close one, I gotta say. (laughs) Oh, was it close? But here's how I tricked Caligula. They've all got these stories about how they outwitted Caligula and uh, lived to tell the tale. He didn't have time to kill everybody, so obviously somebody has to survive, and so some of these stories are probably bullshit, but they're good, fun stories. Unfortunately, some of them probably made it into the history books. And who was Vitellius's son, Ray? Vitellius. Mm. Nope, it's gone. His son was Aulus, the future emperor, for about five minutes. <laughs> this is the guy who was is Caligula's good friend and used to race chariots with him. Oh, didn't he get hurt? And had an accident. Yeah. yeah he had an accident. He had a limp for the rest of his life we oh talked about. Oh, my God, yeah. So Vitellius is his dad. Uh, I'm thinking... You know, Vitellius got called back and, uh, you know, it was all easy peasy Japanese. Right. I don't think there was any any, any real risk. Uh, his son is a good friend of Caligula's. Yeah. Now, good. his successor, Publius Petronius, down in Syria, is a, is, has a good reputation, good, good uh, background as a general, and actually had close ties to Vitellius because he was married to a daughter of a Vitellia, mm-hmm. one of the family, he was married into the family, and his own daughter was married to Aeolus. Wow. So the, it's all in the family. It's like Did Virginia, well. man. They're right. all, all married to each other. You say that but like there it's a are bad thing. A couple of, there yeah. are a couple of stories where governors do seem to have been punished. One of those was Calvisius Sabinus, who had been the governor of Pannonia since around about 36. Now, he was recalled back to Rome in the summer of 39 
I got my first real six string, <laughs> bought it at the five and dime. Played it till my fingers bled. It was a summer of 69. <laughs> I got to go back to Rome. And I wasn't died to there. And so was my wife, Cornelia. Oh. They made me come in her hair. <laughs> no, okay, yeah, so, so he's the governor of Pannonia. He comes home, and he and his wife are accused of crimes. And as you've seen so many times in these stories, they kill themselves. Now, according to Dio, we don't know anything about the husband, but Tacitus is also writing about the same couple. And he gives us more information. He says, it turns out that the lady, the wife, was going around the camp dressing as a man and having an affair with an officer in the staff headquarters. Now, as you can imagine, that breaks several rules, probably several morals and several laws. But the point is, if that's how things are going in this camp, then clearly the security of Rome is in jeopardy. So the charge against them was justified. Did they overreact by killing themselves? Who knows? But the point is, if you don't read into this, this is another story where some people are being charged by Caligula. They kill themselves because he's about to ruin their lives for no good reason because he's an evil son of a bitch. But it turns out that at least some of the charges against them were true. They were justified and they were right in some ways to kill themselves. This is not a crazy mad Caligula. This is another prudent move because if the governor or whatever fucks up of a territory, that place is now a weak link in the Roman chain and state security is more important than anything. But you're assuming that the charges are true. Right. Um, it could have been just a Trump trumped up charge as an excuse to get rid of them because, I mean... The, your his wife's a whore, right? Is uh, a fairly common way of bringing people down in Rome during this period, right? True. Uh, and going way back, back to Julius, um, yeah. Caesar's wife must be beyond suspicion, right? Right, with the whole pure um, snow, whatever. It was it uh, um, Clodius. Clodius, Clodius, yes, who might have banged her or whatever. Yeah. So in that story, Clodius dressed up as a woman during Bonadea to sneak into the Bonadea festival in Caesar's house to have sex with Caesar's wife. Right. In this case, the charge is that the wife dressed up as a man and snuck into the case. See, it's basically a reversal of that old story. I like that. A reboot. Um, Yeah. So these stories, you know, true, false. I think um, they were pulled out a bit like, oh, he takes it up the ass was a common story, yeah. right? These were ways of slandering people to destroy their credibility and at this stage bring them up on charges. Right. Uh, so it may be true, it may not be true. Uh, but I also wanted to point out who mm-hmm. this guy is. This guy's uh, turned up before. Going way back to 32 in, in Tiberius's day, mm-hmm. Sabinus, along with Vinicianus and a group of other guys, were accused of maestas. They were like a bunch of praetors or consuls that were accused of maestas after the fall of Sianus right. by Thibaut. Right. Now, they, they managed to get off. Um, the, this guy, Sabinus, and Ap- Appius Solanus were freed through the intercession of Celsus, the tribune of the urban 
cohort who stepped in and said, no, he was supposedly um, uh, a witness to them conspiring uh, with Sianus to kill Tiberius and uh-huh. take over. Kelsa said, no, no, it wasn't those guys. So they got off. Um, this time... He's not so lucky, uh, but as we'll see, a number of the other guys that he was, where his co-accused back then, turn up in this larger conspiracy that is about to play out. Now, uh, I also wanted to point out that the young man that his wife Cornelia was supposedly caught fucking mm-hmm. in the camp headquarters was Titus Venius. Mm. He went to prison. Um, but was freed after Booty Tang was assassinated. Right. He goes on to become one of the most powerful men in Rome. <laughs> See, you never know. Not only consul, but one of the closest advisors to the Emperor Galba. Mm. So, um, you know, maybe, I mean, this story could be told later to sort of uh, uh, reflect ne- negatively on Vinius. Um, it's it's complicated. Very, very... Right. Co- I wouldn't take this at face value. That doesn't mean maybe the charges were true. I mean, it's a fairly complicated story. She dressed up as a soldier and would fuck the guards in her husband's command tent. It's a pretty extravagant yeah. story, but... And, and highly... You never know. Unlikely, yeah. but who knows? But they, as yeah. you say, they both uh, committed suicide, he and his wife. Now, speaking of Sabinus, mm-hmm. back in 26, before the whole Maestas trial... He had been co-consul with a guy called Cornelius Lentulus Gaetulicus. Right. A.K.A. Gateway Drug. <laughs> now, his wife, Sabinus's wife Cornelia, might in fact have been Gateway Drug's sister. Seems to be a connection in their names. We don't really know. Mm. But in 29, Gateway Drug became the praetor of Upper Germany got a ton of legions right. up there, re- replaced his own brother, Cossus Cornelius Lentulus, which means these four legions in Upper Germany had been governed by brothers consecutively. Right. So they, right. they have this loyalty to the Lentulus family. Mm-hmm. And Gateway's father-in-law, Lucius Apronius, who we mentioned earlier, had been legate of Lower Germany from 24. He'd gone there Whoa. with Germanicus, yes. la di da di da So all eight legions of Germany oh, shit. were tied to this one sort of extended family. They had right. been governed by, at some point, for 15, 16 years at this stage by these same guys. Damn. Now, now you also will recall Gateway was he's the guy who, uh-huh. after the fall of Cianus, after Cianus had been executed, Gateway was accused by Thibaut of being <laughs> in on the whole conspiracy because he had married off his daughter right. to Cianus's son. Yes, and it was Gateway who famously sent Thibaut a letter saying. Listen, motherfucker, we were both hoodwinked by Cianus. The only reason I gave him any loyalty in the first place is because you fucking told me to. Right. So don't come around here 
<laughs> pointing fucking fingers. Right. If you and- do, me and my four to eight legions <laughs> are going to have something to say about it. Right. And Thibaut went, fair call, uh, fair sorry call. to bother you. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. your word. Have a nice day. Yeah. I think you said something now, like almost along the lines of, uh, you keep the rest of the empire. I'll keep this running smoothly like I've been doing for years, and we won't have any trouble. Capiche? And Tiberius said capiche. Exactly. Now, Tacitus says this story on the surface of it is fairly unbelievable. But then again, he says Gateway was the only person close to Sianus who survived. So maybe maybe there's some truth to it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's tell the Gateway story. This time or next time? Oh, where are we at? It's already six... 16 minutes after. Holy shit. Holy crap. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? Got carried away. All right. Well, yeah, next time we will tell the gateway story, which is the uh, full-on conspiracy story yeah. that we've been hinting at for the last couple of episodes. But, uh, yeah, we're out of time. All I can say about Catelicus is he had... Takes brass balls to sell real estate. <laughs> guy i don't give a shit good father fuck you go home and play with your kids the leads are weak fucking leads are weak you're weak and pussy's half price next 15 minutes